Well, hello and welcome to In The Growth Space. This is the show for leaders who have a passion for growth without compromising their values or their priorities. And I'm your host, David McGlennon. You know, our, our goal here with the podcast is to help our listeners chart their own growth path in whatever area of life they're focused on. You know, for some of our listeners, they're looking to grow their business. Some of them are, are perhaps looking to grow their business team. Some of them are growing their career or maybe their personal financial life or their spiritual life. For some, it may be their leadership that they're focused on. And so we approach growth from a number of different perspectives and really whatever area of growth you're focused on, we're gonna share stories and conversations with people who are really amazing and have experienced some amazing growth and those stories we can always learn from. And, and, and I really appreciate that. And I really love learning from my guests. And now before I tell you about today's guest, though, I just want to share with you about our Inner Circle Summit because our Inner Circle Summit registration is now open. Believe it or not, it's coming up on December the 13th. And if you've been listening for a little while now, you probably already know that I hold an annual summit here in the Pittsburgh area because we have our inner circle groups that, that meet virtually throughout the year. And this gives us an opportunity to gather together in person. Now, we do open up the summit to the public as well because we want to share the, you know, the, the, the groups with you. We want to share the amazing benefits of having an inner circle group. And there are going to be leaders from all kinds of industries and at all levels of leadership. And this year, we're really going to change up how we're running the day. You know, too often, we don't take time to really slow down and think about our goals and, and think about our challenges and, and really even take time to hear new ways of being. So this year, the Inner Circle Summit is going to be a day for you to get away, eat some great food, meet some amazing leaders from literally all around the world. And our theme is being well, leading well, because really, if we aren't being well, we're not going to be able to lead well. Now, we'll put the link to register in the show notes, but if you go to davidmcglennon.com forward slash inner circle summit 2022, you'll be able to learn all about it. All right. So today's guest was introduced to me by Nikkei Anani, who was on our podcast just a few episodes ago. And our, our guest today is Helen Fruin, and Helen is a business psychologist. She's also an executive coach, a speaker, an author, and a facilitator. She's really got an amazing story, and she's worked in-house and as a consultant for, for over 20 years. She's advised companies on how to select talent um, and then develop them and, and, and engage people to really be at their best. She is now a director at consulting firm Totem, um, and, and her client list is really incredible, impressive. Uh, it includes Disney, uh, Warner Brothers, Discovery, Intercontinental uh, Hotels Group, and a, and a variety of global law firms and banks. Through her 20 years of coaching and developing leaders, Helen noticed a worrying trend of people confusing confidence with competence and drawing together the most useful tools to help anyone overcome concerns that they need to be confident before they can be successful, Helen published Better Than Confidence in November of 2021. Well, hello, Helen. I am so glad to have you on the podcast and uh, welcome, welcome. 
Thank you. Very glad to be here. I think we're going to have a very interesting conversation today. <laughs> I agree. I know that just as we were talking before we hit record, um, I'm excited about this this uh, this conversation because, you know, I work with emerging leaders all the time, and one of the things that they tell me is that they want to get confidence. They want they want to gain confidence and gain confidence in their leadership and really um, with their boss, with their peers. And you wrote a book on it. So how do we how do we get confident? Let's start there. And 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 maybe maybe actually let's let's back that up. Let's let's first define what confidence is and maybe what it isn't. Yeah. So it's interesting because we can all relate to times where we felt confident or not felt confident, right? Yeah. And if you ask people what they think confidence is, they'll often talk about this. A uh, cheesy voice in your head going, I'm so great. I'm so yeah. wonderful. I've got this. I'm <laughs> Whereas if you actually think about a time when you felt confident, it tends to just be silence. You know, we're in the zone. We're yeah. just doing the thing that we, we mm. feel confident about. So instead of this idea that confidence is some cheesy, yeah, I've got this. I'm great. I think of confidence as just the lack of anxiety, the mm. lack of Oh, I don't know if I'm doing this right. I don't know if I'm coming across as stupid and all of those worries that we all have very often. Yeah. Um, yeah. If confidence is that silence, that lack of that anxiety, then we can just be in the zone and, and do a great job. Yeah. Well, and that's fascinating because I, I, I know that I, I always talk to those emerging leaders about the stories that we make up in our head. And so those voices in our head are probably the things that are making us or helping us to not feel that confidence or not be in that zone. Absolutely. And of course, the challenge with all of this is that whether we're confident or not, the idea is that we want to do a good job. Yes. And so the yes. distraction, one of the reasons I wrote the book is that the distraction that so many of us get with confidence, oh, I need to be more confident, I need to come across as confident, you might need to come across as confident, but is feeling confident really the most important thing? Because mm. if you ask people, like you said, with your emerging leaders, yeah. when you say you want to be confident, what do you want to be confident for? Mm -hmm. It's because I want to get that promotion or it's because I want to deliver yeah. this result or it's because I want to inspire my team. Well, right. then focus on getting that promotion. Focus on inspiring your team. Let's focus on the outcome, not the confidence. Yeah, I love that because thinking about, you know, using the let's let's begin with the end in mind philosophy. If we if we do that, then we're looking we're, we're pointing to the right thing as opposed to that feeling. And, you know, we all know that feelings aren't to be trusted, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and, and I, I guess that, too, one of the things that you said in your book um, was that like there's a, you used a grid and 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 one of the parts of of feeling like overconfident I, and I may be paraphrasing the way you said it but it was it was leading to um laziness kind of like oh I hey I got this I'm you know I've done this thousands of times and and so I'm I'm, I'm good so I don't need to I don't need to rehearse or I don't need to practice this presentation or or think about this meeting and 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 so talk a little bit about like how do we how do we know that we're staying in that zone 
really great question because as you say there's a danger I think one of the the myths around confidence is that confidence is always a good thing but if confidence leads to that laziness or complacency of you know oh I've got this I'm fine I don't need to put in any work actually Mm -hmm. then how does that come across to the other person does that then mean my presentation isn't as good I haven't thought about people's questions I'm not prepared and, and so on so how do we judge what's the right level of confidence or, or what's the right we've got to come back to competence or, or the outcome that we want because mm-hmm. we get so confused between confidence and competence yeah so if i feel confident that doesn't necessarily mean i'm competent right. uh, for many of us who lack confidence we assume that because we lack confidence we're not competent mm-hmm. But if you ask those people, what do other people say about you? Oh, they say I'm great. They say my presentations are brilliant. Okay, so maybe I should trust their opinion, perhaps a bit better than mine. So again, in terms of, to answer your question of how we might judge what level of confidence or or how am I in the zone, Mm -hmm. forget confidence because confidence is all about being, frankly, self-obsessed. Am I feeling okay? Am I, am I coming across well? Do, does David think I'm stupid? Do the listeners yeah. think I'm a bit of an idiot? It's yeah. all about me. Whereas right. if I start from, actually, who is David? What, what is he interested in? Who are his listeners? What right. might they be interested in today? Yeah. And what can I prepare that mm-hmm. will help add most value to them? Mm-hmm. Instead of being focused on me, or worse, lazy and complacent and not thinking about anything, I'm focused on the audience or my yeah. team or my client or my stakeholder. And that's what's going to get us the better outcome. Yeah. Gosh, Helen, that's that's really good. And I, it's great advice because I think that too often emerging leaders and, and actually, to be honest, executive leaders do the same thing. I mean, it's because they're they're focused on, you know, their their executive presence and that that gravitas and that. And, and so it's it's not about me. It's it's about my team. It's about the the work that I'm doing. It's about others. And when we change that focus, that's going to help us to get into that right. Correct quadrant. Right. Absolutely. Because what is presence? You know, if we think about it first off as being present, uh-huh. that means I'm obsessing a lot less about how I'm coming across yeah. and I'm more interested in you and what you're saying and listening to you yeah. than I'm being present, which is going to contribute to the feeling of presence. Yeah, yeah. How do we how do we get away from really relying on our, our feelings then? How do we how do we like make that transition to just when we feel that con when we feel that lack of anxiety how do we get there i guess is my question and let's be frank about the fact that this isn't going to be an overnight fix right because if i feel massive amounts of anxiety like right now if i was like oh i feel so nervous i feel full of anxiety to just oh you just do this and that will go away right that would be a great pill to take that would be fantastic I think we Uh, both could be rich if we invented that, right? Yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) So what can we do instead? This is a lifelong work. It's a a piece around noticing, I I guess with all emotional intelligence, right? It's noticing what emotion am I feeling? Mm -hmm. What are some of the thoughts? Or as you worded, I love that. What are the stories I'm telling myself? What are the narratives there that are contributing to that feeling of anxiety? 
Now, once I've noticed that, so I notice that whenever I go into a presentation with X stakeholders, mm -hmm. I feel very anxious. I tell myself I'm not good enough. I don't know enough to be in that room. Mm -hmm. So I notice the thoughts. I notice the feeling. Okay, that feeling isn't helping me. Those thoughts aren't helping me. What might be more helpful? Now, again, this is where we can often jump to the cheesy side of, oh, I'll tell myself I'll be great. And yeah. It'll all be wonderful. Right. We've got this other voice going, no, it won't. Shut no. up. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Uh... So instead of going for that cheesy positivity, what about something that's actually going to drive us towards action? And this is where asking ourselves questions, being our own little coach, yeah. uh, is so powerful. So instead of, I shouldn't be in this room. I don't know enough to speak to these stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Maybe I could ask myself the question, what do I know? Yeah. Or what value could I add? Yeah. Or again, in terms of thinking about the other people, who are these stakeholders? What do they need? What outcome do I want? What outcome do, do they want? Mm. When we shift from telling ourselves stories to asking questions, we can move towards more powerful action. That's that. Yeah, that is so good, and and I love the 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 idea of self coaching and asking ourselves questions. And I also know that there's a huge value in having somebody else outside of ourselves to coach us as well. And I mean, and that's what you do. I mean, you coach leaders from major companies all over the world. And I think that I having having someone on the outside to help us to think differently is is really important as well absolutely and often part of that journey of working with an external coach internal coach external yes. coach like uh, yeah. is to help us to work out how to do that so yeah. often in my coaching programs with clients we come to a certain point where i'm saying okay, we're coming to the end of our work together. Mm -hmm. How do you now take this on for yourself and start yeah. asking yourself those questions and working out which are those most powerful questions for you? Yeah, yeah, you know, that is, gosh, um, it, it's, it's, it's gives the, the person agency and really puts the responsibility back on them because at the end of the day, if we're the ones that, want that confidence and we want that we want the ability to drive the results then we have to take on that responsibility of focus and yeah. and you, you know one thing just flashed into my head here too helen and, and that is how do we as an organization create the environment for the ability to 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 allow people to step into their confidence and, and maybe even make mistakes around their confidence. How do we do that? What's what's the, is there a magic bullet? <laughs> <laughs> Another one where we can make a lot of money. Yeah, right, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, so what I love about this, because the, the book was focused more for individuals thinking about yeah. their confidence. Mm -hmm. Naturally, people take that to, what can I do for my team? I've got someone, uh, a colleague, a family member, uh, my entire organization. How do I help them to be more? confident how do I drive a confident organization and that becomes a conversation about psychological safety which I know you're also super that, yeah. passionate about yeah, um, sure. because if we create as you say an environment where people can speak up can make mistakes that is psychological safety in the same way that we expect. I expect to work here in a physically safe environment. Mm -hmm. I don't expect something to fall on my head or yeah. to get blown up by my laptop. 
yeah. fingers crossed. Yeah, right, right. yeah me <laughs> so, too. <laughs> yeah. So we expect physical safety. We need that psychological safety as well. Yeah. Um, now, because I know from previous conversations that you're super passionate about this, how do you yeah. see that playing out with your clients in terms of their interest in psychological safety or, or even how they build it? Yeah, you know, that's, that's a great question. Um, um, I, I think one of the things that I see as a real key component is the um, the ability to actually fail and to feel like they can fail without any repercussions, you know, repercussions to their job. Because let's face it, I mean, when we're when we're in our job and when we're in our work in particular, that's that's the thing that helps us to do, you know, uh, keep our our families afloat and and our livelihood. Um, and when that's not at risk, we 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 lose that fear. So it's it's really about taking away that fear and recognizing that look, you're not going to get fired if you fail. Um, you know, we'll we'll fix it. But it's I think it takes leadership. It, it quite honestly it takes. It takes leaders at every level of the organization to be able to say, hey, look, we're going to, in, in the terms of my, the culture work that I do, practice blameless problem solving. So let's practice blameless problem solving. Let's fix the issue and, and look at our processes that led to this. Did our process let, it, let us down? Did people not following the process let us down? And if so, we just need to retrain. Or do we need to change our process? And, and so I, I think that when we look at those things, leadership and, 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 and really quite, quite honestly, that behavior of practicing blameless problem solving, that's one great way to provide psychological safety within an organization. Have you seen Love that too? That. Oh, absolutely. In terms of having that process, I've not heard it in that language before. I love that blameless problem solving yeah. uh, because it is so often who caused this problem. It, it's a blame game. Yeah. The question isn't really who, but blameless. what? Yeah. Right. So what yeah. happened? What went wrong? What were some of the things that contributed to going well? What contributed to it not going well? I love yeah. that blameless problem solving. Well, and, and, and which I think is interesting is when, we, when it comes to psychological safety, something you said earlier, I think actually leads to psychological safety and, and that is emotional intelligence. You talked about emotional intelligence because if we can notice what's going on inside of us and notice what's triggering, and, and I love that word because you use that word notice and, and, and in, in, in um, emotional intelligence work, I know that just by virtue of noticing and, and being able to add a, a language to what's going on inside of me, um, that is the first step is to notice. And when we notice, that can lead to then articulating, hey, this is what I'm feeling. I'm feeling nervous. I'm feeling anxious but I don't want to be, so I need to focus on the end result. And so I can, I can self-coach myself or I can have someone else to help me. And I think that if we have a team that is willing to go there and willing to notice each one of us individually and collectively, that can lead to psychological safety as well. Well, the key part of that is talking about it, right? So if you're saying, yeah. let's get the team talking about this and, and sharing, mm -hmm. oh, actually, I feel a bit anxious about this blameless problem solving because I'm a bit anxious. It's, it's going to come back. It was me that, that let down yeah. the team. Yeah, well, sure. let's talk about that. 
because yeah. you know on the one hand i'm delighted mm-hmm. that you don't want it to have been you because you care about doing a good job mm-hmm. and on the other hand it doesn't matter if it was you because we all get to learn from that experience and that's fantastic exactly. so the mere fact that you shared that anxiety creates a moment of truth a moment of sharing a moment of vulnerability right. that is incredibly powerful for building trust yeah and this is the big thing for me is that it's the conversation. So what you've described mm. with blameless problem solving is the leader actually saying your job is not at risk. I'm yeah. not going to get upset like this is a, we've talked about it out loud. Yeah. And then what you said there about emotional intelligence, we're talking about it out loud. I feel anxiety. I feel this. Mm-hmm. Um, so many people say to me, how can I build psychological safety in my team? Yeah. And they seem to have a hope of doing it by stealth. Like I'm going to secretly build psychological safety in my team. And it just doesn't work because we need to talk about it. And so if I say to my team, I want to build, let's first of all, talk about what psychological safety is. You know, we can speak up. I can ask questions. I can Mm -hmm. say, "Uh, Helen, you know what? I I really didn't understand what you just said. (laughs) I can ask questions. I can challenge. I can say, I don't agree with that idea. I don't agree with this direction. Mm -hmm. I can make mistakes. I can talk about my mistakes. If psychological safety means I can do all of that, Mm -hmm. as you say, without the fear of losing my job security or whatever Mm -hmm. it might be, if I want to create that in our team, how do you all think we could do that better? What what would help you feel that you can speak up about those things? Mm -hmm. And people will say it's not just how the leader responds. It's also about how my peers respond. It's how we have those conversations. And then so if we're talking about it and shaping it together, we can also then call out and recognize when somebody does it brilliantly. Oh, uh, yeah. So yeah, when somebody does great. say, Helen, I'm really sorry. I've got no idea what you just said. Like, I didn't, I didn't understand <laughs> I the word you just yeah, said. Right. right, right. That is a golden opportunity. Yeah. Instead of just answering the question or saying, oh, well, you should have been listening or paying attention. Yeah, right. Opposite of. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I can take that sure. moment to say, oh, my gosh, thank you so yeah. much mm-hmm. for calling me out, for not explaining that clearly and for asking the question, because you can guarantee if you're not sure, probably nobody else is. Sure Somebody either. else is yeah, along that same route. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I love that. And I think that that that's why I think this whole um, area of of confidence, psychological safety takes a lot of leadership and it takes a lot of a leader being um willing to ask those questions hey how can we do this here how can we make this a psychologically safe place i don't i i I don't want to inhibit people speaking up i want people to ask questions how do we do that how do we make it safe for and and having those conversations amongst the team because i think that this is something that um it, it, it creates high performance as well i mean it creates better performance and better results for the organization. Absolutely. I mean, goodness, psychological safety is a relatively new concept, I guess, in the in the business world and talking about leadership. But if you go all the way back to Patrick Lencioni's work, which is decades yes. old, yeah. or Stephen Covey, as you've mentioned, about beginning with the end in mind, right. you know, this is core wisdom about yeah. building trust. Yes. And building trust by, as you say, not just the leader saying to one individual, how can I help you feel safe and confident? But all of us talking about what is our role in that mm-hmm. massive opportunity to, as you say, drive trust, which drives high performance. Yeah, yeah. 
Let me, I want to shift gears for just a second, because I know in your book, you talk about thinking tools and you share a number of thinking tools and we won't go through all of them for sure. We want people to actually go and, 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 and buy the book. And I know that we'll have a link to uh, the, the, the book uh, in the show notes. Uh, we've already uh, got that ready. So I, I know that that's, that'll be there. Um, but what, what do you think, it, maybe if you pick one or two thinking tools that you think an emerging leader and, and an executive leader both could use, what are, you know, what's one or two that you think are really Im important? Sure. So I'm going to go back to the ones we kind of already mentioned a bit because they okay. are the most important in, in the context you've described there. So being outcome focused and being others focused okay. is the whole begin with the end in mind. What, what am I trying to achieve here? Am I mm -hmm. trying to achieve X promotion? Am I trying uh -huh. to achieve that we deliver X result? Well, then let's focus on those things. Not uh -huh. am I confident enough? Do I think I'll do okay? Mm -hmm. Actually, what is that outcome? Why yeah. is that important to me and how can I do it? Mm. And who is the other person involved? Mm -hmm. Because if it's like trying to make a sale or trying to get a promotion, who is the person who's buying or who is the person promoting? What are they mm. interested in? How can I connect with them? Yeah. So in terms of delivering great outcomes as an emerging or executive leader, focusing on that outcome, focusing on the other person is going to be absolutely critical. So if, if I'm hearing you right, I mean, really what you're saying at the end of the day, it's, it's two, two things. It's, it's self-coaching, asking myself those questions like, well, what do I really want? What's driving me? And, 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 and how do I get there? And, and so asking myself those questions and then, and, and then focusing on the other person and focusing on the outcome. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's really good. The other one is coming back to your point about executive presence. Yeah. I love that. So Get asked when that I was saying earlier, yeah, when I was saying earlier, um, you know, Oh, I need to be confident. I need to look confident. And I said, well, maybe you need to look confident in terms of feeling confident. You don't necessarily need it looking confident or the way I describe it in the book is being credible, mm. having credibility, <laughs> having executive presence, having gravitas, however you mm. want to describe it. Yeah. And I don't think we can help but describe it and then get a bit broader in the show. Yeah, I was just going to say, I even <laughs> so, noticed your yeah, gravitas. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, yeah. There's a reason that we do that, yeah. that credibility, gravitas, coming across as confident mm -hmm. isn't so much to do with whether or not I feel confident, it's more to do with those micro changes in behavior. Mm, so yeah. even if I'm not feeling confident, could I put those shoulders back? Yeah. Could I lift that chin? Yeah. Could I have a slower pace of voice mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. indicates I'm in control rather than panicking and speaking really quickly because I'm really full of anxiety. And yeah. Um, yeah. so if we think about and I say this as a thinking tool, but it's really more of a behavior tool. Yeah. What are the behaviors that indicate executive presence, gravitas, credibility? Mm -hmm. And what if I just learn how to demonstrate those behaviors? Yeah. Yeah. Because then I don't have to wait to feel confident. I can just start demonstrating those behaviors that I want to show. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. That's it's 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 what I'm thinking about is it's really being who I, who I say I want to be. And, and it, it comes out in those behaviors and, and 
being aware of how do I hold my shoulders? How do I talk? And how do I pause if I need to? And how do I, so what are, I guess the question then, if I'm, if I'm self-coaching myself, are what are those behaviors that I see leaders who really exude um, that, that executive presence, if I want to call it that, or, or gravitas, um, what do I see them doing? And you, you even explained it. They, they talk slower. They're, they're very um, deliberate. They may pause, they may think, and it's okay for them to think. And so being that first is what I'm hearing you say is, is, is really, we need to demonstrate those behaviors and then kind of the feelings will come after that. <laughs> You know? Right. Yeah. Right. And what's so fascinating is when you say, okay, let me look at those people I respect. Let me look at those people who I think have mm -hmm. this magical presence. Yeah. When you are coaching someone and you say to them, okay, what are they doing? Oh, they've just got natural born charisma. They just seem to hold the room. They just sit. Yeah. No, 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 no. Stop. Slow down. Micro analyze. What are they doing? Mm -hmm. Well, they seem to have their hands open when they're speaking yeah. or I noticed that they like you say like when they answer a question they stop and they look up and they yeah. pause before they speak and you really start to break down those micro behaviors mm -hmm. it's okay how do you judge yourself doing that oh well if I stand with my hands open I feel like I'm a bit stupid because I'm just standing with my hands open and if I ever pause ever for like a millisecond I think other people think I'm stupid and I don't know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the way you're judging yourself and the way you're judging others is totally different. Two different things, yeah. Let's yeah. start to challenge that. Ah, oh, man, I love that. I love that. And I really love the the idea of really looking at those micro behaviors and like even a hand gestures. It's interesting. I listened to a podcast not very long ago um, with a, uh, an, another author who talked about those those behaviors, those, those I think her our book was called Cues, uh, Vanessa Van Edwards. I don't know if you've heard of her or not and seen her TED talk, but she was talking about the same thing. Like when I look at a, a, a leader who exudes confidence and, and openness, they, they have their hands open, their palms are up. If there's, if there's strength, they're gonna be palms down. And so looking at those, those leaders who you perceive as strong and, 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 and confident and, and, and uh, have that executive presence, we can, we can then just emulate those is what you're saying. As simple as that. Yeah, amazing. So there you go. After you've listened to the pod, this podcast, go listen to that one. Just go listen, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh no, that's great, that's great. Well, so tell, tell me, you know, in your work with, you know, th these major companies that you've been, you know, really blessed to work with, what are some of the things that you do to help these leaders? Like, what are some of the programs that you, you know, put these leaders through? I'd love to just kind of hear that and share that with the audience. Yeah, so I, I guess a bit of a mix. So some of it is, as you say, is the coaching side. So working with someone one-to-one -to, -one to help them think through their specific challenges, whether that is about how they come across with presence or how they build relationships or, or adapt their style is, is the one that comes up a lot, right? Mm. So how do I have presence in this context, but maybe that's different in this context, where, where oh, do I okay. need to adapt? Yeah, interesting. Uh, so there's that one-to-one -one coaching side, which as I say, the, the perhaps part that I enjoy most of that is getting towards the end, which sounds quite sad really, yeah. to, towards the end of a coaching program. 
but where you see someone start to take that ownership for how do I do this for myself? Mm. How do I become my own coach? Um, I love to see that transition. Uh, but as you say, then there's programs. So whether those are online little one-off sessions, you know, someone says, we've never heard of psychological safety, come and yeah. run us a 90 minute webinar to introduce us to what it is and, and how we could do something about it. Just those short, sharp sessions. And then of course you've got the longer, perhaps over six months, a number of programs with people to bring them back together and say, okay, if we're wanting to develop our leadership skills, mm -hmm. our emotional intelligence, our mm -hmm. presence, all of those things together, um, let's maybe once a month or twice a month get together face-to-face -face or online, have those discussions, have some input. And then it's the classic of go away, do something, and then come back next time and tell us what you did, which That's is you so did. powerful. Yeah. Uh, the accountability to actually apply what you've been learning is very, very important. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I totally, totally agree. So let, let me ask this. So what haven't we talked about today that that you would think that any emerging leader or executive leader listening might need to know about this whole idea of confidence and psychological safety and how do we, you know, how do we create that so that um, we can, you know, succeed at, at, at our work and, and, and life? So I'm delighted that I have an answer to that question as opposed to me just sitting here thinking, I can't think of anything. I can't think of anything, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Uh, the one piece that I, make light reference to in the book and I, I had this big kind of thing oh I should I should say so much more about this in the book but it was getting bigger and bigger and bigger and you want to keep these things looking manageable sure uh, and really is the answer to your question in my humble opinion yeah. is Carol Dweck's growth mindset oh yeah mm. yeah so fundamental to everything we've talked about and emerging leaders recognizing that and even back to your point about failure right mm -hmm. so if I'm thinking in a fixed mindset way, then mm -hmm. failure is a disaster. Failure is proof that I never should have even tried. Mm -hmm. If I'm thinking in a growth mindset way, failure is an opportunity to learn. Mm -hmm. Failure is the only way that we improve by getting feedback and, and learning from that. Mm -hmm. And so I would hazard a guess that that's something you've talked about yeah. many times before. Absolutely. Uh, but certainly to yeah to signal to your listeners that that is something to look into in more detail would be very important yeah i love i love that and and carol dweck's work is amazing it's it's really great and, and I, I i love the the kind of the switch from being in that fixed mindset of 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 oh gosh failure means that i am a failure to failure means hey i'm learning and and really that switch i think i mean i think it, a lot of your work is is talking about that is making that switch to look even if i fail at something i'm i'm learning something and so that's going to give me skills and tools to be able to move into my next engagement or my next encounter or whatever that is and so making that switch from that that fixed mindset to the growth mindset is really important and, and and I'm not recalling. Did did you? And maybe maybe this is something you wanted to add, but you couldn't. But how do you how do you make that switch? I mean, what's the what's the mental leap to be able to go? Gosh, this is really a fixed mindset here, and 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 I'm becoming aware of that. I'm noticing that I have a fixed mindset. What's the how do we how do we make that leap? So as you've just started there with the noticing, it's exactly the same, right? It's emotional intelligence. It's using yeah. the confidence thinking tools. It's all exactly the same. What we're talking about 
is noticing that we're having a thought that's mm-hmm. not really serving us. It's yeah. not really helping us get to the best outcome. Yeah. So if I believe I'm a failure, what do I do? I stop, I give up, I don't mm-hmm. try again. It's mm-hmm. not really serving me. So once I've noticed I'm having a thought that's not serving me, yeah. it's the opportunity to ask or be asked by a mm-hmm. coach, yeah. what thought might be more helpful here? or What belief mm-hmm. might be more helpful? Which in the confidence piece might be to say, what outcome do I want? In the failure piece, the fixed mindset might be to say, well, what if? The what if question is so helpful. Mm -hmm. Because if I say I'm a failure, I failed, I should give up. What if I believed that this failure was an opportunity to learn? Mm. What if I believed I could improve? Because if we just go with the cheesy, hey, I'm learning, hey, <laughs> yeah. failure is a positive, we could be right. like, no, I disagree, shut up. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> yeah, disagree with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, whereas what if, what would I do right now if I believed that this failure was an opportunity for me to learn? Well, mm. if I believed that, I might actually think about what I could learn and I might mm-hmm. do Okay, well, then what if I chose to do that? Yeah, yeah. I love the what if, because that gets us outside of ourselves again, right? Yeah. So yeah. much of this is about us getting outside of ourselves. <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing a theme here, Helen. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> getting, getting outside of ourselves and thinking about others and, and thinking, you know, outside of what what's going on in my own head. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Which is often a breakthrough for people because you very rarely meet someone who says, I really love being selfish. <laughs> like being self-obsessed exactly. is my favorite thing about me. There may, be, there may be some there may be some narcissists that think that way, but not most people. <laughs> right? yeah, most people are going to say, you know, yeah. the idea that I'm being self-obsessed yeah. when I'm worried about failure, when I feel like I'm not good enough, when I tell myself yeah. I haven't got executive presence, mm-hmm. the idea that that's being self-obsessed. Yeah. Ew, Ooh. I don't want to be self-obsessed. Right, right. Okay, so I really don't like that about myself. Okay, well then... Let's change. That. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that and what I'm hearing too, just in this conversation is, is really, it's about change. It's about noticing and, and being willing to change. And, and so kind of going back to that growth mindset, it's that making that shift is, is about change and it's about being willing to change and go, huh? I, like you just said, I, I, I don't care for this about myself. And so I want to change that. So what if I, behaved in this way. Um, I may not always get it right, but it's okay. And so, yeah, yeah, that's beautiful. And there's a warning there that people will say, oh, but then it's not me. Mm. Like, why, why would I change? Because then it's not me or then it's fake. Like all of those things you said before about doing my hands like this or doing yeah. my hands like this, yeah. isn't that fake? I'm trying to fake it and, and be someone else. And the challenge with that is that we're assuming that our thoughts are our identity. Oh, yeah. That if we change our thoughts, if we change our behavior, we're somehow being fake. Mm -hmm. But our thoughts are not who we are. They're just thoughts. You can have this thought, you can change it to another thought. Right. So what if we took away with this idea that that's somehow inauthentic? Yeah. And like you said before, be who you want to be. Right. That's not inauthentic. It's who you want to be. Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because I'm I'm loved I'm loving the fact that you went to this identity part because so there's a difference between this is a failure 
and I'm a failure. So anything that comes after the words I am is really relating to our identity. And it's, it, it, and even if something feels authentic, I can, I can insert the word, I am someone who is, fill in the blank, I am someone who is becoming, you know, a, a aware of my presence. I am someone who is becoming confident. I am someone who, and so when we, when we think about if, if there's an, if inauthenticity in that, you know, in that, um, our thoughts, then we can bring it into congruence by, by thinking about, look, I may not be that person right now, but I'm someone who is becoming that person. And I think that that switch too, it's really going from a growth mind, I mean, from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset in, in a lot of ways. Sure. I love yeah. that language. Reminds yeah. me of Michelle Obama's becoming. It's just such an incredibly powerful, yeah. I am someone who is becoming. It's yeah. Wonderful yeah. language. Well, and it's a, and it's a process. And I think that really kind of coming back to confidence and, and, and instilling um, that, that presence. And, and it, it is, it is some, something I think that people, like you said at the beginning, it's not going to be flip a switch and that's immediately going to happen, but we can become that with these little steps by, by getting outside of ourselves, by, by thinking about ourselves less, thinking about the end in mind and being able to, um, start to behave in which a, a way in which, um, we see others that exude that confidence. Um, that's going to be the, the steps that we take. I love Amazing. it. I love it. So Helen, is there anything else that we haven't talked about that we, we need to before we, we call this a, an episode? I don't think so. <laughs> this is, oh, we covered a lot of ground. Oh my goodness. Yeah. And I love that. So um, tell people, how can they get in touch with you? How can they find you online? I know we'll have some, some links in the show notes, but I want to sure. make sure people can get so, in touch with you. Um, probably the easiest way. Uh, so something we set up with the book was a website just with my name on it. So helenfruin.com. Uh, there's the book. You can go find it on Amazon. As you love say, it. the links will be in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, so the book is Better Than Confidence. Um, my name is Helen Fruin. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, the corporate website is totem-consulting.com. So you can find more there or find me on LinkedIn because there's not, not that many Helen Fruins in the world. So you can right. find it. <laughs> What's the... so? Totem consulting. So I'm just so I'm letting my curiosity get the best of me. So what's the sure. what's the story with totem? Like a totem yes. pole, right? It is. Yes. So our founder Colleen Adicott back in 2008 was uh, in the classic kind of starting up a business. It was just her. She was like, should I call it Colleen Adicott Associates or Colleen Adicott Limited? Mm. Um, and she really wanted. She's a very visual person. She wanted to have a brand that was something tangible mm. and she couldn't find anything. She was literally flicking through a dictionary, trying to find ideas. Yeah. And she stumbled on the word totem yeah. in the dictionary. Okay. And it said a symbol of a tribe and it's unity. Mm. Hmm. And she had the goosebump moment yeah. of that's what our work is about is creating that sense of tribe, creating that unity mm -hmm. that as you and I've talked about the whole way through this drives yeah. those results, drives that performance. Yeah. Uh, and that was totem. Set. I love it. I love it. So kind of a symbol to be able to, to uh, create a tribe and, and, and denote a tribe. I love that. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing that. That's great. Yeah. 
Love My it. pleasure. Helen, thank you so much. This has been a delightful conversation and, and I've really learned so much. I mean, I really, I, I, and I think our, our listeners are going to take a lot away from, from this conversation to help them um, with their confidence and, and, and uh, really um, looking at the end results as opposed to the actual confidence itself. So I appreciate that. Fantastic. Well, likewise, I've loved. I'm taking away blameless problem solving, and yeah. I am someone who is becoming. I love the language. It's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks again uh, for being on the show today. Thank you. Well, that was a fascinating conversation with with Helen. Um, I really uh, enjoyed her approach and and really uh, enjoyed her um, perspective on what confidence is. I, I love the definition. It's a lack of that anxiety or a lack of worry about how I'm coming across. And I also really like the fact that she said that confidence is a focus on me rather than someone else. And, and, and being confident is, is different than feeling confident. And being confident is being in that zone where we're not telling ourselves stories of about how we're coming across. We're, we're simply in the zone doing the work and those anxieties are not there. You know, the other thing that I took away too was really a new perspective on executive presence because that too is a focus on others and focusing on how they're perceiving me and how I'm coming across. And so I think that the idea and, and, and um, point that she made about shifting from telling ourselves stories to asking more powerful questions. I think that's such a great approach. And, and then the idea too that we, we can build psychological safety within our organizations, safety to be able to share what, we, uh, what we're feeling, what we're thinking about, and just being able to, and practicing blameless problem solving is definitely one of those ways in which we can build psychological safety within an organization by looking at um, the question of what and not who we actually are able to solve the problem but not point a finger now is there a, a a point where we have to to ask ourselves is someone not following the the protocols not following our standard operating procedures uh, we have to ask ourselves that, and sometimes that's the case, and so maybe we have to retrain someone. Um, but but the idea of of being psychologically safe to be able to say, hey, what's going on here, um, is such a, a a great way to build confidence in people, knowing that they can fail and allowing them to fail. So I hope that this conversation was was impactful for you and. I hope that it really helped you to look at confidence in a new way and a different way. And I, I hope too that you'll go out and uh, check out Helen's book. There's a lot of great tools, uh, a lot of great thinking tools. And um, one of the things that I really appreciated about this conversation and about Helen in, in, in her approach is that she uses a lot of self-coaching questions. And those tools are really great tools. So I want to end the episode with a question. What is one thing that you can do today based on what you heard in this episode? Let's put that into place. Now, before I go, coming up in the next episode is a conversation with a leader who said yes to her dream and it's changing the world. 
you aren't going to want to miss this episode. So be sure that you go subscribe. And if you would, please give a rating and review while you're there. I read all of them and it really tells me what kinds of episodes are the most valuable to you. So thanks for watching or listening. And until next week, stay in that growth space and be well. Thank you.